This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com. Tonight we begin with what could be a bad start to the summer as COVID cases and hospitalizations are on the rise in at least 40 states. And the breaking news tonight about COVID boosters for kids. Alarming news tonight about children and the pandemic. Cases skyrocket as CDC advisors are now recommending a third shot. Long lines for formula as families grow desperate. The FDA announces that shuttered Michigan plant at the center of the crisis could reopen next week. Abortion ban. Oklahoma passes the nation's strictest bill in the country, prohibiting nearly all abortions starting at fertilization. The war in Ukraine. New video tonight from inside Mariupol as Congress authorizes billions more in aid and weapons. Plus, President Biden welcomes the leaders of Finland and Sweden supporting their bids to join NATO. Tonight's other top headlines, record-breaking heat in 19 states. Wildfires surge across Texas and New Mexico. Plus, monkeypox found in the U.S., the symptoms of the rare disease. And finally tonight, they're in a class of their own. We'll introduce you to these four extraordinary cadets from West Point who are now Rhodes Scholars. How historic. Think about the four of you together. Pretty special. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you so much for joining us on this Thursday night. Tonight, some news for parents with small children. A top health panel is recommending kids 5 to 11 get a COVID booster. It comes as the pandemic is rearing its ugly head once again. More than two years since it began, infections are on the rise nationwide. Just in the past month alone, COVID cases have soared more than 168%. Some health officials are concerned that this could be the beginning of the fifth wave. About one third of the nation lives in areas where COVID infections are at medium or high risk levels. Public health officials are urging some communities with rising cases return to stricter pandemic measures, including those indoor masks. New cases are nearing 100,000 per day with the Memorial Day weekend just around the corner. We have a lot of news to get to tonight and CBS's Nikki Batiste will start us off tonight from Connecticut. Good evening, Nikki. Nora, good evening. Those Pfizer booster shots for children ages 5 to 11 could be available at this pharmacy and others across the country as soon as tomorrow. There is an urgency for parents here in Connecticut. COVID cases have jumped more than 100% in just a month. COVID concern skyrocketing. Nationwide, hospitalizations are on the rise in 40 states. Cases are up in 41 states. The reality is much worse because we're undercounting COVID cases. Many people are testing at home using at-home rapid tests, and many people are not testing at all. There's also deepening concern among parents. The American Academy of Pediatrics reports that cases among kids have climbed 76% in the past two weeks. Late today, a CDC scientific panel voted to recommend a third dose of the Pfizer vaccine for children ages 5 to 11, even though only 28% in that age group have gotten their first two doses. This current wave of infections among kids could well uh, land a lot of kids in the hospital. In Connecticut, COVID cases are up nearly 118% in the past month. That's where Bridget Touchar is raising two young immunocompromised kids. Both five-year-old Teddy and three-year-old Liza have type 1 diabetes. Vaccine is so important to us because it's basically another tool, another weapon in our arsenal to keep them safe. It's been wildly stressful the way that I think all parents are dealing with the unknown that is doubled or maybe even tripled for us. Her son got his second dose last month just before his fifth birthday. Do you feel like parents are only thinking about their own child? I, I do. The vaccine really does save lives and protect lives. The CDC panel recommended today that kids ages 5 to 11 get their booster at least five months after their second dose. The FDA has said a COVID vaccine for children under five could receive emergency use authorization in June. Nora? Such important information. Nikki Batiste, thank you so much. We turn now to the baby formula crisis. This just in, the federal government says its first flights of formula from Europe to the U.S. are expected within days. And CBS News has learned the first plane will go from Zurich to Indiana. There will be enough for 1.5 million eight-ounce bottles on board. Meanwhile, the head of the FDA faced a bipartisan grilling on the issue from House lawmakers today. We get more from CBS's Meg Oliver. With long lines in Charlotte for formula and empty shelves across the country, that is a dereliction of duty. Angry lawmakers demanded answers from the head of the FDA. How much formula do you expect will be imported, and what is the real timeline of seeing those products on our store shelves? We should begin to see improvement 
within days, it will gradually get better. In 43 states, more than 40% of formula was recently out of stock. Families are struggling, and those with special dietary needs are growing desperate. Eight-year-old Izzy Bradford is a bundle of energy. But the third grader suffers from a rare disorder known as PKU. She relies on special formula for about 70% of her nutrition. Can you shake it? Mm -hmm. What would happen to Izzy's body if she didn't have this metabolic formula? She would start to sort of break down psychologically, emotionally, and physically. It is 70% of her nutrition. Could it damage her brain? It would. In a long term, not having the formula would result in permanent brain damage. About 17,000 Americans suffer from PKU, one of many metabolic disorders requiring specialized formula for life. How many cans arrived in your last order? Uh, we got two cans. And how many were supposed to arrive? 16. Pediatrician Dr. Paul Levy fears if more patients run dry, treatment will be limited. It's going to be a big problem. Even if they get sick and we admit them to the hospital, the tools that we would use are, are based on the formula. So we have a limited repertoire of tools we can use, even if they're in the hospital. Today, Abbott reassured CBS News that when it ramps up production again, it will prioritize special formula. Meantime, at pantries like here at St. Peter's Haven, they're relying on donations. This is all the formula they have left to hand out. Nora. So much urgency, Meg Oliver, thank you. We turn now to the investigation into Saturday's mass shooting at a Buffalo supermarket. The suspected gunman made a five-minute court appearance and for the first time was in the same room as family members of the 10 people he's accused of killing. He's back in a jail cell with no bail as the community prepares funeral services. We get more from CBS's Jerika Duncan. Shackled and wearing an orange jumpsuit, accused gunman Peyton Gendron was back in a Buffalo courtroom this morning. The 18-year-old showed no emotion and avoided eye contact with anyone but the judge. He was jeered as he was led away. Rabbi Jonathan Fryerish sat with family members of some of the victims. They were stunned in silence and stillness. I mean, what do you do when the monster who has destroyed your family walks into a courtroom? Today, we learned a grand jury has indicted the suspect on first-degree murder. At this time, all charges remain under seal. The FBI continues to investigate the possibility of hate crime and domestic terrorism charges. Since the shooting, top supermarket has been a crime scene. But today, Buffalo's mayor announced the evidence collection phase has concluded. However, there is still no word on when the store will reopen. We will be here. We will be in this store. We want to make sure that it is done right and we open it in a respectful manner for our associates, our employees, and for the community at large. During last Saturday's rampage, a TOPS employee says a 911 operator hung up on her because she was whispering while hiding from the shooter. That operator has been suspended. It is our intention to terminate the individual. However, there's a proper procedure we have to follow. Late this afternoon, family members who lost loved ones gathered at this Buffalo church. I need a village to help me raise and be here for my son because he has no father. 
And she was referring to Hayward Patterson. He was 68 years old and a beloved deacon at his church. Tomorrow is his funeral. Tonight, there's a prayer vigil at this church behind me, and there are many gatherings planned just like this one in the next coming days and even weeks. Nora? Tarika Duncan, thank you so much for all your reporting. Well, today in Texas, a wildfire is burning out of control, consuming 9,000 acres in just the last two days. The Mesquite Heat Fire near Abilene has destroyed at least 50 homes. And in New Mexico, two national parks have been shut down due to what's called extreme fire danger. The largest wildfire in the state's history has now consumed an area roughly the size of Los Angeles. All right, now to the fight over abortion rights ahead of a landmark Supreme Court decision that could overturn Roe versus Wade. Oklahoma legislatures passed an anti-abortion bill outlawing abortion from the moment of fertilization. It would be the most restrictive law in the nation. Here's CBS's Jan Crawford with the details. The legislation would prohibit abortion at any point in pregnancy, except to save a woman's life or in the case of rape or incest. It would take effect immediately after Governor Kevin Stitt signs it, which he has said he will do. Uh, we believe life begins at conception and we're going to protect life in Oklahoma. The law goes further than a similar Texas law, which bans abortion there after six weeks and gives private citizens the right to enforce it by suing abortion providers with $10,000 rewards. It's in effect while being challenged in court, causing some Texas women to seek abortions in Oklahoma. But Oklahoma closed that door last month when it enacted its version of the six-week ban. Today's would ban abortion before six weeks. And with the Supreme Court likely to overturn Roe versus Wade, other conservative states are considering similar laws. More than a dozen already have so-called trigger laws that would immediately ban or greatly restrict abortion if the court overturns Roe. Vice President Kamala Harris met virtually today with abortion providers in some of those states, just after Oklahoma passed its near-total ban. It's outrageous, and it's just the latest in a series of extreme laws around the country. And Jen joins us now. So a lot of anticipation about that Supreme Court ruling. When could that come down? Well, I mean, it's been more than two weeks since a draft of that opinion leaked that showed at least at some point a majority of the justices were ready to overturn Roe versus Wade. When a final decision comes, it could be any time. We don't know. We also don't know what the final vote's going to look like or whether one of the justices may have changed their minds. But in the meantime, Nora, there has been a significant increase, according to law enforcement, in the number of abortion-related violent threats, which means that the court and the justices are now under additional security. But a decision could come as soon as Monday? Potentially. Potentially. All right, Jane Crawford, thank you. All right, here in the nation's capital today, President Biden met with the leaders of Sweden and Finland to discuss their bids to join NATO. The unanimous approval of member nations is required to join the alliance. And while the president offered his strong support for the proposal, NATO member Turkey remains adamantly opposed. Meanwhile, the Senate overwhelmingly passed a $40 billion aid package for Ukraine today, along with an additional $100 million for weapons, including 18 howitzers. The money and munitions are crucial as Russian forces continue their assault on areas in the east and south of Ukraine, where we warn you, some of the images you're going to see are disturbing. CBS's Imtiaz Tayeb reports from Odessa. 
Ukrainian fighters, around 1,700 now, have surrendered to Russia. For them, it's an agonizing end to one of the longest and most dramatic battles since the war in Ukraine began 85 days ago. They now face an unknown fate. The horrors of Russia's ruthless assault on Mariupol were captured in vivid detail on a body camera worn by Yulia Payevska, a Ukrainian medic known as Tyra. She recorded her team's heroic efforts to save lives in the early weeks of the war, including this brother and sister whose parents were killed by Russian shelling. The little girl lived, but the boy's body couldn't survive the trauma. Tyra had the footage smuggled out of Mediupol on a tiny memory card and into the hands of the Associated Press. The next day, she was captured by Russian forces and hasn't been heard from since appearing in this video on Russian TV shortly after. As Vladimir Putin's war on Ukraine grinds on, near Odessa, the tiny yet strategic Snake Island remains a front line. It was here a Ukrainian soldier stared down a Russian bombing threat with this now iconic phrase. In the same waters, Ukrainians have successfully taken out patrol boats, a warship, and fresh video shows a Ukrainian drone striking a Russian helicopter, dropping paratroopers on the island. Natalia Humanuk is with Odessa's military. These waters became a symbol of uh, Ukrainian resistance. Do you still feel the same way? Yes, we gave them a warm welcome, she says dryly. But the Russians are persistent and keep trying to take our land. Today, in a dramatic moment during Ukraine's first war crimes trial, a captured Russian soldier testified he was following orders when he shot an unarmed civilian in the head. He later asked the victim's widow to forgive him. Nora. MTS Tayab, thank you. Well, record heat is on the way for much of the nation. By the weekend, 19 states in Washington, D.C. will see record high temperatures from triple digits in McAllen, Texas, to a steamy 98 degrees in Hartford, Connecticut. More than 100 cities are expected to face dangerous heat. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Tonight, New York health officials say they are investigating a possible case of monkeypox in New York City. And in Massachusetts, a man is in isolation after being diagnosed with the rare disease. Symptoms include unusual lesions on the face and body, along with flu-like illness and swollen lymph nodes. Most cases are confined to Central and West Africa, but has also been turning up in Europe in recent weeks. The U.S. government has ordered approximately 13 million doses of a vaccine that protects against monkeypox. The virus is considered very rare and difficult to transmit between humans.
Now to my favorite story. It's a story that's as inspirational as it is impressive. Every year, 32 of America's best and brightest are selected to become Rhodes Scholars. And this year, a record number of women were selected for the prestigious scholarship to study at Oxford. And for the first time, West Point's class of scholars is entirely made up of women. And in our series, Profiles in Service, we introduce you to these remarkable cadets. When I heard that there were four cadets at West Point who were Rhodes Scholars and that all four of them were women, I said, I want to meet them. <laughs> <laughs> Holland Pratt, Hannah Blakey, Krista Flingstrom, and Veronica Lucian are a sisterhood in scholarship and service, and they are the future of the U.S. Army. How do you think the military has changed for women? I think women today feel more empowered in the military than they ever have, and that's the hard work of the legacy of women who have come before us. Hannah, how important is it for younger cadets to see four women seniors win the Rhodes Scholarship? It's incredibly important, but I really saw it this summer. One of the new cadets came to me on the last day, and she said, you know, I come from a place where nobody thought that I could do it, and she had a teacher in high school tell her, you know, girls like you don't go to places like that. And she looked at me and she said, but ma'am, seeing you in this position, seeing you doing a good job, makes me believe that I belong here. How historic. Think about the four of you together making history. Pretty special. Yes, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> As the cadets graduate this weekend, it's a time for reflection. What have you learned at West Point about service? I've learned that it doesn't start with you. It starts with those that you're encountering and that those personal connections mean more than anything. How would you define selfless service? Selfless service to me, ma'am, is a mindset, eager to serve, willing to lead. I'd say service is others oriented. Krista, you're from a military family. What did you learn about service growing up? We focused a lot on grit and service together. So we would do a lot of things that were pushing you in a mental toughness way. So like whenever we would do a run together, it would never finish at the, the end. It would always be longer. What's the lesson do you think you learned from that? Service and grit don't stop at the finish line. There's always going to be something more asked of you. You don't get to be off duty when you're serving. You're always going to be on. Wow. Well, their studies range from economics of developing nations to refugee studies to medicine. All expertise they will bring back to the Army. So impressive, right? On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, CBS's Steve Hartman goes on the road in search of a family's long-lost cat and the surprise ending you have to see to believe. Well, that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. Good night. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? 
Enter German music producer Frank Farian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.